Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So at some point yesterday, you would have thought to yourself, oh, it can't be right, this is a spoof. And some people did contact me and say, is this serious? And yes, yes, it is It is true. And you would have heard overnight and into this morning that it is true. Uh, Northern Ireland uh, MLAs are getting a pay rise. And some of them are objecting to it because, well, what can they do, you know? Surely if they don't say something, there'll be uproar. And let me speak to John Tong, Professor John Tong. John, good morning. Good morning, Frank. John, in fairness to them, a lot of people in public sectors are getting, and in the private sector, are getting like an inflation-linked pay rise. It's not unusual to get something like one5 2% at this point in time. Am, Am I being too fair to them? No, you're being entirely fair, and in fairness to MLAs, they don't set their own salary. It's decided by an independent financial review panel, and they can only take into account the job that MLAs do. They can't take into account the fact that they've been absent from work for the last three years. The general public can certainly factor that in and think, hang on, what's going on here? You've been absent from work for three years. You know, if Frank Mitchell didn't turn up for U05 for for three years, or if if John Tong didn't turn up at the University of Liverpool for three years, we'd both be looking for for different employment. But uh, in terms of salary setting, the Independent Financial Review Panel can only take into account what MLAs do when the legislature is actually functioning. And you can, you know, in defense of MLAs, which is not normally a a statement that crosses many people's uh, lips, they're paid a lot less than their counterparts in Scotland and Wales, for starters. If you're an MSP in Scotland, you're on £62,000 a year. If you're an Assembly member in Wales, which, remember, didn't have any primary legislative powers until pretty recently, you're on £68,000 a year. If you remember a parliament at Westminster, you're on £80,000 a year. So our assembly members in Northern Ireland are paid considerably less. And they do work longer when they do work, that is, when the assembly's up and running. Uh, uh, The Reedy report looked at their average uh, hours per week that they were doing. He found that they were still doing 28 hours a week constituency work. My colleague at Liverpool, Sean Hockey, also looked at this. 28 hours per week uh, constituency work and a total of 51 hours per week when the Assembly was sitting, which is longer than the average working week. They are, of course, being paid nearly double the average uh, wage in Northern Ireland. This will go down very, very, very badly with the public, make no question about that, because of that three-year absence. And, of course, the previous absences that people tend to forget about, the the Assembly has only sat for 
Somebody's been absent for 46% of the time uh, over the last two decades. But if you look at, you know, what legislators are paid in other political institutions up and across the world, not just in other parts of the UK, assembly members, that they're not, it's not an embarrassment of riches, their actual salary. So that at least can be said in their defence. Yeah, the the last time I I checked, the Deputy First Minister was on £120,000 a year, and the First Minister on £120,000. I think those figures are right. Does that tally with with, with, where it is with you? That's right, yeah. And yes. the Speaker uh, is also pretty well paid at £90,000 per year. So there are some big salaries there. Although you've got to remember that I, I think the bigger problem is that of special advisors, which has not been resolved by this code of conduct that was introduced uh, this week for them, which has no legislative bite. And the sheer number of special advisors is jaw-dropping. It's, it's very high. Um, compared to if you make a comparison with, for example, uh, the Welsh Assembly. uh, Do we really need so many special advisers on pretty good salaries, many of them, uh, operating within the Northern Ireland Assembly? MLAs themselves, you know, £50,000 a year, it sounds a lot, I understand that, um, to a person on an average wage of £27,000 a year in Northern Ireland. It it sounds a lot, but they do actually, contrary to to popular perception, they do actually work hard. I think the problem they've got now is because the optics look terrible for this though, you know, getting a pay rise within a few days of getting back to work, they can't actually turn down this pay rise. It's paid to them all automatically. Now what they do with it is, is obviously up to them, but they can't say, no, don't pay me that. They have to receive it if they want to then give it away, uh, this pay rise, that's, of course, a matter for them. Yeah, just on that, because the Deputy First Minister has been pretty vocal, Michelle O'Neill. She says it's unjustifiable. Now, she's on 120 grand a year, but Sinn Féin's representatives don't take the money into their own pockets. I think they take, I'm not sure how much they take, but they they take the industrial wage or or, or whatever it is, and it's all sort of equal among them, uh, each and every one within Sinn Féin. However, it's not as if they leave the money in the public purse. The money, the money still goes to Sinn Féin. It goes to the party. It doesn't, it doesn't stay with us, so to speak. Now, that's her decision and Sinn Féin members' decision to divvy up the money in a different way. And it's the same with people before profit. Uh, Jerry Carroll only takes a segment of his salary, but the rest of it uh, goes into his, 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 party, his party coffers. Now, it's easier for those guys to say, oh, we're unjustifiable, we, we shame on the, the system because they're never really going to benefit from it at home the way that other politicians will benefit from any pay increase at home. Pat Catney from the SDLP and Daniel McCrossan are going to write a cheque for a mental health charity for the equivalent of £1,000, probably less tax, uh, in, in the near future. Would we be expecting more gestures like that or will most MLAs, and I should emphasise many of whom we can't even remember their names, will they just continue <laughs> on quietly? <laughs> Well, I suspect quite a few of them will, will trouser the money. I mean, it's there and, and they want it. They have been operating on reduced salaries, of course. I mean, this is not to invite public sympathy, but their, their salaries have been reduced by 25% over the last, uh, the, the, over about half of the, of the period that the Assembly was suspended. Karen Bradley, in one of the few things that she actually did as Secretary of State, she did reduce their, their uh, salaries by, by a quarter uh, eventually. And you're right. I mean, in terms of Jerry Carroll, yeah, it's, it's a principle position that 
people before profit adopt that they uh, Jerry Carroll argues that they should only receive assembly members the the average uh, weekly wage of an ordinary person in Northern Ireland so that they understand the problems confronting that uh, that ordinary person in Northern Ireland in terms of making ends meet. I'm not advocating a hair shirt mentality for for MLAs. As I say, I think that people who have you know very significant roles leg- legislating on important matters such as, you know, the health service in Northern Ireland and education in Northern Ireland, I think they should be well paid because they're taking important decisions. They do work hard as well in terms of representing their constituents. If you're a constituent in Northern Ireland and you go and see your MLA, that person, that MLA, will work hard on your behalf. I I would not for one moment call call these people lazy. So I'm not advocating a hair shirt mentality. I think think the optics, the timing looks really, really bad with this. I mean, Julian Smith, the the Secretary of State, of course, called uh, the executive out on Twitter by pointing out that uh, and calling out MLAs more broadly, saying, hang on, these people have been paid £15 million over the last three years for for, for an assembly that's not been sitting. Um, One was tempted to respond to say, well, actually, if you look at the Institute for Government's report, uh, the total cost of running the Westminster Parliament, not just salaries, but the total cost over the last three years was 1.6 billion, no less. Uh, And for what? I mean, it was completely incapable of taking any decisions on Brexit, and it was uh, three years completely wasted. Um, So you can argue the Assembly came cheap. Uh, in comparison to that. So I think, I think it's a balancing act. I don't think you should have a hairship mentality. I think assembly members should be well paid. Um, but whether you should get a pay rise just on the basis you, you've come back to work, uh, I think it is another matter entirely. Um, uh, I, I actually think as well that evolved institutions, there should be parity probably across the UK in terms of what they're paid. There's big differences between the Scottish, Welsh mm. and, uh, and, and Northern Irish uh, uh, salaries that are being drawn here. John, I, I'm about to run a night for them. I, I, I feel that they, they, need, <laughs> they, 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 need, they need more considering what you've just told us. But, but thanks... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, John. Thank you. Thank Pleasure. you. Pleasure. Professor John Tong is uh, saying it as it is. Uh, Alex Kane uh, is available for a conversation. Uh, good morning, Alex. Morning, Frank. Morning. Uh, Alex, one of the things that we have to keep in mind too is, and you know, this, this will annoy people even more, the, the salary is one thing. They get a, a whole raft of expenses on top of that, don't they? They do, yes. Well, they have the, the, the expenses for running the constituency offices. They have a mileage allowance, which is is very generous uh, and so on and, uh, they, and there are other little things they can pick up just in their everyday things some of them will be able to claim for in some cases I've seen I don't know and I'm not saying it to any particular MLA involved but some of them have claimed for or tried to claim for television licenses in offices and things like that and some have tried to claim in fact I saw a claim I think it was about three years ago for you know somebody trying to get a sandwich and a coke or something like that which is maybe a perfectly legitimate claim because they were an assembly business but it's like that that them or the MP a few years ago you know who, who claimed 49p for a bath plug I just think why would you go to all that bother for something so trivial but you know it, if expenses are a bit Available to people, Frank. There's a tendency for people to to make use of them. Okay, know? and that that isn't just politicians. That's life in general. I suspect. Totally, totally. Stay, stay with me. Stay, stay with me, Alex, because I, I, I want to speak to one of these incredibly busy. MLAs who has a full day's work to do, and he's available to have a conversation with us. Daniel McCrossan from the SDLP. Daniel, good morning. 
Hello, Frank. You were fast out of the traps to make a gesture that I'm sure people will richly appreciate because MLAs are getting a hard time over the, the last uh, 12 hours or so regarding something that isn't actually their fault at all. You, you didn't ask for this. This was bestowed bestowed upon you. But you're, you're prepared to, to write a cheque for a mental health charity. Yeah, well, first of all, Frank, I don't consider this a gesture. I consider this a matter of what is right and what is wrong. And we have to be re- realistic about where things are here. For three years, the Assembly hasn't sat and politicians haven't been at storm and legislating on the issues that affect everyday lives of our people in health and education. And also, we must remember that a few short uh, weeks ago, I was standing on a picket line in the rain with nurses. I have been listening to teachers and civil servants who haven't received the rightfully entitled pay increases for for many, many years. So in that context, it's absolutely unacceptable that politicians should be given a pay increase three weeks after the return to Stormont. And in that regard, I felt it was wrong. And therefore, I decided as an MLA for West Tyrone that I would donate whatever increase came uh, to a charity, and that was after realising that it actually couldn't be returned, that you couldn't not accept the increase that's automatically allocated to each individual member, uh, and on that basis I decided that a mental health charity will benefit from whatever increase I receive. Is it fair to say, Daniel, that people go into politics because it's a career? I have to admit, I thoroughly enjoy broadcasting, but I'm not here for the benefit of my health or just to entertain or inform people, and I'm certainly not here just to pass the time. I'm here because I want to earn a mortgage-paying salary. Politicians surely go into politics, first and foremost, to earn a mortgage-paying salary. They're not really in it for the benefit of Joe and Josephine. I don't believe that's the case, Frank. I believe that there's many Assembly members and many councillors and MPs out there who uh, who stood elections to rightfully better their communities. And uh, I think that's reflected right across the political spectrum. Although we've had three years of stalemate, I think the majority of MLAs wanted to be at Stormont and wanted to be actively working on legislation to better the lives of the constituency elected them. And certainly I'm one of them. I, I love a, a career in law to go into politics because I felt that Straban and Oma were being largely left behind in terms of infrastructure, health and education and also jobs for the people of that area. So, so I've entered politics for the right reasons. It's, it's certainly not a big career decision that I, I believe anyone uh, takes. I think it's something that people do because it's the right thing to do and because they believe they can take a stand for the right reasons on the issues that they're passionate about and also the issues that are important for their community. Now, there's others that may choose it as a career. Certainly, I wasn't one of them. I was also one of the first people with other SDLP MLAs to call for the Secretary of State to reduce the salaries of MLAs in the absence of the institutions. And we did so in a very public way because we felt it was unjustified given the huge challenges that faced our healthcare workers, our teachers, and our civil servants in terms of what they uh, weren't getting or receiving uh, in terms of entitlement. I touched on the issue of not knowing the name of every MLA. And of course, unless you're an absolute anorak of politics, you wouldn't be able to name them all. There are so many of them. And that's the legacy, of course, of the Good Friday Agreement. But there are salaries being paid to people who are sitting up there at Stormont and we hard, literally hardly know who they are. Is that common sense? Is that, is that good practice? Well, I don't think that's actually accurate, Frank, because in each election, uh, MLAs stand in their respective constituencies and they're elected or electing them to represent their interests in those constituencies. So I think from that perspective, uh, I, I, I think that that's an inaccurate uh, reflection. 
But there are too many of them. There are too many of them. Well, actually, there was 108 MLAs and it's now reduced to 90, and the SDLP were huge advocates of that and supported that decision absolutely, and, and I think that has worked very effectively, or at least I hope we see how effectively that will work in, in the rest of this mandate, what's left of it. But there are questions about how public money is spent, and we're certainly seeing uh, public money and public funds come under huge pressure in terms of what's available, but also we must suppose if we're going to be direct about it, let's talk about the salaries of big uh, uh, journalists as well that aren't entirely always made public as well. So that, uh, particularly in the BBC, so so there's things that need to be uh, looked at in terms of how money is spent, particularly public funds. And I think that uh, uh, that, that certainly is a debate that's worth having. But uh, if you look at why the assembly came down, and, and you look at how public money is spent in RHA and the corruption that existed there, certainly the public are right to be uh, concerned about how public money is spent. And I think that moving forward, certainly, uh, like I'm chair, the new chairperson of the audit committee for Northern Ireland, uh, it's, it's a job of work that I'll be undertaking as well. Uh, and I think it's important that we are very careful with every penny that is spent of public money uh, and that there's a trail uh, as to where every penny uh, goes as well. Yeah, I should emphasise just on behalf of journalists from right across the spectrum who you made reference to there, there will be journalists who will interview you over the next 24 hours. There will be journalists who will interview you over the next next 24 hours, who are on half of your salary. Yes, and I have many friends that are journalists. I was uh, uh, directly reflecting the BBC uh, larger salaries, uh, just to clarify. I wasn't uh, specifically mentioning the hardworking journalists of my constituency or uh, and the other organisations as well as the BBC. And that's been a big story as well uh, across the media waves in more recent times. But certainly in terms of uh, the issue of MLA salaries in itself, uh, the absence of the institutions for three years certainly brought that to the fore. And I was uh, there and saying that they should have been reduced then, and they were. Uh, and also in the context of this increase, it's absolutely unjustifiable given the pressures that are faced by our health service, our education sector, and also our civil servants in terms of the lack of pay uh, increases that they are rightfully entitled to and have waited a long time for. And as I've said, I stood in those picket lanes with those nurses a few short weeks ago in the rain, heavy rain and wind, very cold and treacherous weather, so that they could get what's rightfully entitled. So on that basis, whenever this increase became public and whenever I realised that this was coming and couldn't be stopped, uh, I made a judgment that this was the right thing to do, uh, and it absolutely was the right thing to do to hand this money over to a charitable organisation within my constituency. And do you, do you think 88 other people will do that as well? Two people have decided to give give the money to charity. Will will most of the others make that gesture, or or not? We haven't discussed it as an assembly group because this has all come to light uh, in most recent days, but I do know that the majority of my colleagues in the SDLP will all be donating uh, their, whatever increase they receive to charity, and, and uh, I've had conversations with quite a number of them uh, in the early hours of this, this morning and also uh, some yesterday, and they've said that they too feel that this is an unjustifiable increase, the timing is absolutely terrible, uh, and also uh, that politicians should be focused on uh, sorting out the huge crises that exist in health and education and in housing and infrastructure instead of receiving pay increases. People are an uproar that there's been an absence of leadership here for three years. They're relieved that the institutions have returned, but I can tell you this has put a very damn squid on the fact uh, that after three weeks that MLAs are receiving a pay increase. So I think if I was to ask 
uh, wider uh, assembly members out there from, a, from across various parties. I think that the right thing for them to do is to consider a charity and to donate that money uh, to a local charity of their choice. OK. I appreciate you coming on. Daniel McCrossan, thanks very much for coming on at our invitation. Daniel McCrossan from the SDLP, who's leading the charge for that donation to charity. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, Alex Kane, you're still with us. What, what do you make of all of that, Alex? Well, I, I think Daniel, it, 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 it's a very difficult position for them. Two things. He said, you, I think it was you mentioned this thing about, you know, people not knowing who their MLAs are. Just before the general election um, across the thing was in England and Wales, they discovered that 40% of people in a in constituency couldn't name. They, they might know, quite a few of them might have known whether it was Labour or Conservative or whatever. 40% of them couldn't actually name the Member of Parliament, even in some cases where the Member of Parliament had been the MP for, for 20 plus years. So I think name recognition is an odd thing in politics. So lots of politicians think they're terribly well known and famous. And you can see them sometimes when they're walking along the streets or trying to see who's looking at them when they're walking. I think so it's, there's no tie there. What struck me about what Daniel has said and what uh, a number of other MLS have heard say, this thing about, oh, it, it, it's terrible timing, you know, it shouldn't have been. I mean, in other words, had this been six months down the line, would it have been acceptable? Is it just terrible timing? Because not only the MLA just come back after three years, my understanding is that having lost, I think, was what, but had their salaries reduced over the past year for, by about 13,000, 14,000, they will have immediately got that back as well, plus this 1,000, plus in April, um, under the normal figures, so I think there's another 550 or 560 pounds due to them as well. So, I mean, it, in one sense, it is bad timing, but that shouldn't be an issue. If, if, they, if they actually believe that they shouldn't be getting it, then it wouldn't matter whether the announcement was made yesterday or made in six months' time. I think the, the, the other thing, Frank, and this is just a personal thing, and it's no, it's no disrespect to Daniel or any of them that have done it. 
if you really do want to give money to charity, there is no need to put out a press release. There is no need to say, well, I'm doing this because I feel like that I'm not entitled. To it. I feel sorry for other people. I, I feel like I should make pay. You just do. You set up a direct pay, the debit payment, whatever charity you want to. It's an easy thing to do. You can either do it for the year for the 1,000, or you can do it for longer, whatever you want. But I, I just find it a little bit tiresome, the number of people issuing very worthy statements telling us, oh, well, I'm going to give this money to this organisation or that organisation. In fairness, in fairness, however, in fairness to him, in fairness to any of them that have given the money to to charity, they're getting it in the neck. You know, everyone's looking at the MLA this morning and saying, gosh, you're on another grand. So, you know, for someone to say, listen, I'm not taking it, I'm giving it, I'm giving it to a good cause. You you can understand why why they're doing it because they're so embarrassed. One, there's one sense of being embarrassed there, but they, they, I'm, I'm not sure they'll tell you. I'm sure Daniel will get, having said what he's planning to do, I'm sure as soon as they, 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 they make the announcement, there'll be people phoning in or writing or saying, well, are they giving it all? Can we see proof that they gave it all? Is this, a, do they get some sort of tax relief on it? You know, are they going to keep on paying it next year? Are they going to, you know, it, 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 he's right. There is a no-win situation. This I just have this personal animus against people. If you, I, I, I'm not a Christian or anything, but my, my view in charity has always been, if you're going to do it, you just do it quietly, you get on with it. You can, I sometimes have to do stuff for people. If you can help, you can help. If you, if you can't, you can't. But there's no, it's not required to say, oh, here's a public statement that I am giving my uh, money that I don't think I'm entitled to, to a charity. You know, it, and I can understand the problem as well that it's not possible. You can't say to the people who pay you, sorry, could you take a £1,000 now or could you take £50 a month from my salary and donate it? You know, my, it doesn't work like that. So it, it's an invidious, and my view would be the better just actually. Because the anger won't go away, Frank. Even even when they say they give money to charity, people say, oh, well, yeah, lucky you, you can afford to give a £1,000. You cannot wait on this argument with them. I'm just looking at some of the texts and the emails while you're talking. I'm trying to find some voice of support for the politicians. It 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 is it is it is difficult. It's very very difficult at this at this moment in time. Um, uh, Alex, uh, I'm going to read some some of these out. I'm also I'm also looking at the um, the list of MLAs. All all ninety of them are are you are you up for a challenge? <laughs> Oh no! Don't ask me to name these one constituency because it's very. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, that's a great cop out. But this would be so. There's about twenty. There's about I think twenty of the ones who've been co-opted. I've never even met. So. <laughs> No, listen. I'm, I wouldn't face it either, and I'm I'm sort of reading them every day, talking about them. Well, not in the last three years, but um, I have to say that uh, I'm skimming through names here. And if I was to come up with a name and ask you the constituency, I, I think a lot of people would be pressed. A lot of people, but they've all got a pay increase, and that's fair play to them because we haven't, and you haven't, Alex. Maybe we're just envious. Well, but you know, somebody always asks this question about, you know, if you look at, the, I think one thing that gets people, I'm just looking, there's a, I think it's in the Belfast Tele, did I just have that earlier in front of me? It was the MLA salaries against the median earnings in Northern Ireland. So at 98, when it was first established, it was 22,457 for the MLA salaries. The, uh, the average across Northern Ireland was just under 16,000. It's up to 50,000 now uh, for MLAs. 
um, the median in Northern Ireland is still is 27,000. 27, They're almost 28,000. So I think that's a, a problem as well, Frank. There's a lot of people who think <laughs> they work enormously hard and probably do in all sorts of walks of life. They're not elected in all sorts of walks of life. And they're thinking, hang on, these guys are getting twice the amount I'm getting. They're getting all the expenses. They're getting the mileage allowances and so on. They're not doing anything. Northern Ireland's still in chaos. The most asked question of me in the past, and I would say at least 50, maybe 60 people have asked me, and this is just around the people, how long is it going to stay up this time, Alex? How long will they get prepared for doing nothing? So there's that sense, and it's everywhere. I think John Tong mentioned it earlier. This is not just politicians in Northern Ireland. There's a general feeling that politicians don't earn their salary, that they're feathering their own nest, that they're claiming expenses that ordinary people cannot claim, and so on. And I think that is a difficult and feeds into that question. Uh, you know, if you paid, some people say, well, surely if you paid, you know, uh, uh, people better salaries because while well, fifty thousand sounds a hugely um, uh, generous offer for all those people are earning way less than that. Reality, people say, well, you've got really well educated, really professional people, you know, but they're earning ninety thousand, a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. If you want to get them into politics, you need to pay that sort of salary. But oddly enough, all the comparative studies. And John might know if he was still there, so you get him some other time. All the comparative studies show there's very little relationship between how much you pay an elected representative and the, the, the value of government. There's no idea, sense whatsoever that people go, oh, these are all terribly clever people, and it's fine, pay them a fortune because they're doing a great job. The sense still remains that politicians generally are never delivering uh, for most people. There is no, every politician I've ever met, whether it's an MP, SMP, even some American senators and congressmen will tell you the same thing. There's never a, a salary you can set on any elected representative's office from the lowest council right the way up to the top president who will have people going, I think that's a justifiable amount. Everyone always assumes in most cases that politicians are paid too much. One final effort from me here, okay? What about if I give you the surname? Could you give me the Christian name? Okay, let's have a try. <laughs> as, my, as, as my career goes down the toilet in one fell swoop. Go, go, go on, Frank. Yes. Okay. Kimmons. Killens? Kimmons, spelled K-I-M-M-I-N-S. I haven't a clue. I honestly, I haven't even, I, in fairness, I haven't even heard of the surname. I think it's a co-opt, I'm nearly sure. I'll use that as my cop dog because I yeah. said earlier that a lot of these, a lot of, and the other thing is, because I haven't been sitting up, you used to get to know them all fairly well because you'd see them every day, you'd watch them. And what about Sharon? You know, Sharon, yes, is that Pat? Pat? Yeah, but there's a female Sharon as well. Oh, is there? It's not Ed then. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know, Pat's not. Pat, there. remember, Pat's not Sheeran. Pat's Sheehan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sheehan. Oh, that's right. Oh, this is even worse. Like, oh, my whole life. I've been one of those. It's a wonderful life moment. So I'm just waiting for Clarence the Angel to come and rescue me. No, I'm, I'm off. I could have changed. O'Toole. Oh, I could have run off. Um, um, oh, too, oh, too, oh, too. No, that's not good either. It's a cruel this game. It's a cr- it is a cruel game because I'm, I am uh, going for obscure ones and bypassing, say, McGlone or McCrossan or Kelly. Oh, that's the, thing. The, the ones that you will instantly know. But uh, it's, a, it's a cruel game, but it does reinforce that there are MLAs we've never heard of. But that, that, that's what I said to you earlier. I said it wasn't a cop out and why I did it. Yeah, even, even for people like me whose job is to monitor what's going on. And the only excuse I'll offer is I say, 
because there's been no assembly sitting, we haven't really, you don't build up that relationship. But you're absolutely right. And for some, for some of those people, if any one of those three people happen to be listening to you right now, some of them will go, oh my God, you know, he didn't even know who I am. It's his job to know who I am. You know, so there's that sense of, of, of politicians assume that everybody knows who they are. And do you know, they, they, the one politician, this goes back a number of years, that um, really was known, it was Jim Kilfeder, the former, former uh, um member for North Down and former Ulster Unionist member and so on. I remember years ago, it was maybe 1991, something like that, uh, walking down uh, the main street in Bangor with him, uh, with, uh, doing an interview with him, we're going to have lunch somewhere. And you know, Frank, it was like a royal procession. He knew everyone. People were coming across the street. And not only did he know them, but he would be going, how's the Lanny? Did she get that? Did she get the operation? And Jim, he's going to university now. And say, oh, this is Alex, by the way. And shops everywhere. It's just one of those extraordinary things. I've walked down other streets over the years with MLAs and politicians, Frank. And you know, I think in some cases I was probably more recognised than some of them. So this notion, anyone who thinks, I, I think there's some people, when you talked earlier about this thing, career politics and so on. To be honest, you know, Politics is not a career in that sense, because unless you're in a rock-solid safe seat every two, three, four years, there's either an internal threat from a candidate who's trying to get your seat, there's a, you know, maybe new parties are making progress, maybe you've made a mistake somewhere. It's not, you know, career. And this notion that there's celebrity attached to it, and I've heard some young people think that as well, there's no celebrity attached to it as well, because most people generally speak, well, they may like you personally in one sense, most people genuinely don't like us, genuinely and generally don't like politicians. There's always that sense that somehow they, they think they're better than you and they're any more than you and they're doing nothing for you and so on. So this, again, goes back to what you're saying about how much you pay politicians. You know, if, we, if you suddenly turn around, well, we're cutting all MLA salaries to the median that you, they, won't, they won't get more than 30,000. Would that get rid of the career politicians but bring in people who actually want to make a difference to say, well, I, I don't care much I'm earning. You know, as long as it's in the media, as long as I can pay the bills and so on that I have, sure. I can mm. do that. Okay. Uh, or or uh, if you, 150,000, would, would, you, would you get better MLS? Who knows? You can't tell, Frank. I am going to have to leave it there. I should admit, put my hand up, I wouldn't have been able to name the names that I chose either there, the surnames. I couldn't have put a forename uh, to them, but uh, just for uh, interest in the future, if it comes up in a pub course, it's Emma uh, Sheeran, and as for uh, Mr. O'Toole, I didn't know that for, it's I Matthew that for Matthew Emma O'Toole. So oh, that's the new South SDLP, yes. I mean, SDLP MLA South Belfast. Yes, yes, absolutely Belfast I, South. I yeah, yeah. I hadn't even I hadn't even factored him, and even the Emma, the one you said that I'm sorry, and I no disrespect her, I still don't know who she is. Well, we'll get to know them as the weeks go by because no doubt we'll we'll have a chat with them occasionally on the radio. We'll heighten profiles all round, and it's you know it's 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 no insult not to be recognised on a radio station or by a, a journalist. If you know, it's an, it's no insult, but it does pay in. It does feed into the argument that there's possibly too many of them at ninety, and that's a, a lot of uh, money that's going out, and people aren't overly happy. Um, Alex, always good to talk to you, fella. Thank you, thank you. A pleasure, Frank. Bye. Uh, Alex Kane on the radio here on U105. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.